What are you looking to Jesus for? A lot of people are look to Jesus because they want something for their life. Uh, maybe they want some change. They want their life to be better. Or maybe they're just looking for some assurance that everything is going to be okay. You know, whether it has to do with health or relationships, finances, a job, whatever it might be, people look to Jesus for something, and it usually involves a change. We want there to be some kind of a change in our life so that things are better or that we have this assurance. Today, as we continue our series looking at real people from the Bible and seeing that they live real lives like our lives and under a real God, we're going to look at a man by the name of Zacchaeus, and we're going to see how Jesus brings to us the change that hopefully we want, but we absolutely need. And we could simply summarize that change in saying, our life goes from rags to riches. We're going to talk about Zacchaeus today, a man that Jesus met just shortly before Jesus would die on the cross. We hear the story from Luke chapter 19. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Now all the people saw this, and they began to mutter, He, meaning Jesus, has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. If you're looking for change, it's probably because you looked at your life and you see something that you're not satisfied with, or see something that you think can be made better. So what we need to do to understand how Jesus has changed our life is to look at where we are or where we've come from. We see that with Jesus' final words here. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Let's take a look at what it's like to be lost. Taking a look at Zacchaeus. Here's a man who hears that Jesus is coming by and he's curious. He wants to see who this Jesus is. You know, maybe he's already heard some rumors that you know, here's a guy who can perform some great miracles. Or here's a, a kind of a well-known popular teacher. Or maybe here's a prophet come from God. 
Now, maybe those were reasons why Zacchaeus was curious and wanted to see more about Jesus. But I wonder if there wasn't something else also. You see, the scriptures tell us that God has put eternity into the hearts of every person. When God created man and woman, he created them with this desire to be in relationship with him. But we've broken that relationship with our disobedience, our rebelliousness, and a desire for other things. But maybe that spirit is working within Zacchaeus. Now, as I said, everybody has, ha- has eternity in their heart. But, you know, some people, they don't want to listen to that. They don't want to deal with it. So they just reject it. They ignore it. They put it down. Whatever it might be, it's not important to them. And there are other people who are searching, who are trying to find out what is the answer. What, what, what is with eternity? And what, what is and who is God? And so people are curious. What we do know for sure is this, that the scriptures tell us that nobody knows God. That we can't find God on our own. We need him to be revealed to us. And so, in a sense, we could say we uh, come up short. That's a little bit of pun, I suppose, with Zacchaeus, because he was short, wasn't he? But I'm not talking about his stature. I'm talking about his life. I'm talking about his character. He came up short. Now, on the outside, maybe it doesn't look that way because he probably looked pretty successful, right? He had climbed his way up the corporate ladder. He was the chief tax collector, and he was doing very well. The scriptures say he was wealthy. But Zacchaeus himself knew there was something wrong. It didn't matter what he had in his life. He wasn't right with God. And that comes out in his conversation with Jesus. We'll point it out a little bit later. Maybe there was something else that was causing him to come up short. You see, it doesn't matter what we have in life. It doesn't matter how we feel our status of living is. You know, the things that we have, uh, the activities we're involved in, or the people, our positions, it doesn't matter. All of that doesn't stack up and can't help in any way fill that void that we have with God. For the scriptures tell us we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God, his standards of perfect obedience. That's what it means to be lost, to be separated from God. But there's another problem that comes along with that, and like Zacchaeus, we can't see over things. He was trying to see Jesus, but because he was short, he couldn't see over the people in front of him. And so it is that sometimes we have piled up things or we let things get in the way that we can't really see Jesus either for who he is and why we need him. We might be concerned about so many other things instead. We might think that, you know, our life is taken care of and uh, really don't need God for this. But when I'm in trouble, then I can go to God. It seems that the more we we look to fill our lives with things to make it comfortable, the more we block Jesus out. And maybe that's what was happening, too. Maybe it was a matter of Jesus was being crowded out of Zacchaeus' life. That can happen with us, too. We, We fill it with so many other things that we kind of block him out, 
crowd him out. Or, or consider this. Maybe Zacchaeus was having a hard time seeing Jesus that day because others didn't want him to see Jesus. He was not an acceptable man in their group because he was probably ripping them off as a tax collector. So maybe as Zacchaeus is trying to elbow his way through the crowd, they're blocking him off. Don't let that guy through. Do we do things, maybe, to keep people from seeing Jesus? Here, as, as a church, you know, we're very concerned about our mission to tell people about the Lord, and, and we want everything to look good and to sound good and to go well. And that's great. You know, we want excellent music. We want the appearance of things to be nice, and we want fun and attractive activities. But if those things don't connect people to Jesus then they really have no value to what we're doing. So we always have to remember, as, as one Christian song puts it, when will we realize that people need the Lord? That's the key thing. It was for Zacchaeus, and it's for us too. Now, maybe you've heard another statement too, that you know, when, if you want to get the fruit off the tree, you have to kind of climb out on the limb. Zacchaeus had to do that. If he wanted to see Jesus, he had to take some risk, and he had to climb out on that limb to see Jesus. We have to climb out on a limb to see Jesus. We have to simply listen to the word and accept what that is. Now, for some people, that's too risky. There's no proof of that. That goes beyond our, our understanding and our reasoning, and therefore, we're not comfortable with that. For some people, that's a risk they don't want to take. Well, whether it's recognizing the sins that we have and our guilt, or recognizing just how much we need Jesus, we need to climb out on a limb and search. And by searching, I mean simply listening to what he says. Now, there's one more point about being lost that I want to share with you, and this one gets to be a little uncomfortable. It's one that a lot of people don't want to talk about. In fact, they'd rather just avoid the topic, and that is of conviction. Why do we need Jesus? Because our sins have separated us from God. Zacchaeus heard what the crowd was saying about him. Zacchaeus felt separation from them. But inside, Zacchaeus was maybe also feeling that separation from God. And here is the one who can maybe help him. Here is the one who is bringing healing and joy to the lives of other people. Maybe he could touch Zacchaeus and heal him of the brokenness of his sin and messed up life and all the brokenness that he brought to the lives of others as well. Conviction. It's not comfortable. People don't want to talk about it. But it's real and it's necessary. People want to play it down or ignore it, you know, and they'll say, well, you know, everybody is that way. But the Holy Spirit reminds us that because of sin, we're dying. Sin kills. Sin separates us from God. And there's only one cure from it. Seeing Jesus. After the message, the little children are going to come back here and sing another song for us. They're practicing it in the back right now. It's the Zacchaeus song. You probably have heard it before. 
Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. And it's the we describing him as a small man. But I would want us to understand that in a different way. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. By that I mean he's like us, or maybe better said, we are like him. That is, like Zacchaeus, by nature, we can't come to God. By nature, we are separated from God because of our sins. And we can't find him. Maybe we're curious. Maybe we've blocked him out. Maybe we think it's too much to climb out on a limb to accept what he has to say. Maybe we don't want to feel uncomfortable with that conviction. Do you see a little bit of Zacchaeus in you? Do you see that we man in other members of your family and your friends and the people around us, the people of this world, because he's there inside all of us. Zacchaeus is a wee little man. You know, one thing that, that strikes me about the Bay Area now that I've lived here a few years, and I know this is true everywhere, but I don't know, it just, I just got this feeling that it seems a little more pronounced in people's lives up here. We're always looking for what's new, what's fresh, what's exciting. Even here at church, you know, if we've done something for a while, it's like, oh, it's that. Let's do something different. Let's do something new. We want that. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily wrong, but sometimes I think that also affects us spiritually. We're looking for something new and something different without recognizing what our real desperate need and solution is. And anything that does not bring Jesus to us has limited value or maybe no value at all. You want to see some change in your life? You want to see change from Jesus? Here's what you need to do. Just see Jesus. Now let's talk about what that means, to see Jesus. Because this seeing is really conversing with Jesus. That's what it was all about between Zacchaeus and Jesus. It was this wonderful conversation. It started with Jesus' invitation. Let's listen to it again. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. This is interesting. You know, we always think Zacchaeus is coming looking for Jesus, but in reality, Jesus is looking for Zacchaeus. And he calls him by name. He didn't know him before. He never met him. But Jesus knew all about him. He called him by name. Jesus knows all about us, too. He knows about our background. He knows who we are. He knows exactly what we need. And he calls out to us. He does. In the word, in the sacraments, he's calling out to us. He's inviting himself in to our house today. Today. Notice the necessity of it. He reaches out to him and says, Come down immediately. I must stay with you today. Today is the day of salvation, as the scripture tells us. It's not something to be put off. 
And then something interesting happens when Jesus begins this conversation. It's a process that we can call introspection. We start to take a look on the inside. Oh, to be sure, the crowds reinforced what Zacchaeus already knew about himself. He comes down at once and welcomes Jesus gladly. You see, Zacchaeus knew what his problem was, but he didn't let that stop him from coming to Jesus. Don't let your sins stop you from coming to Jesus. All the people start muttering, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. And Zacchaeus makes this confession. Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay it back four times the amount. He knew he was a cheater. But Zacchaeus knew here was the guy who could fix it. Here was the guy who could take care of that brokenness of his sin and his life. Don't let your sins keep you from coming to Jesus. Sometimes we think, well, I'm not worthy. We aren't. But that's exactly why Jesus invites us to come to him. And then listen what happens after that. Jesus makes this beautiful and comforting declaration about where we are and the change that's taking place. He says, Today, salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. What a wonderful declaration. You see, it's just like the Scriptures say, those whom God calls, He also justifies. He also declares them saved, innocent of their sins. That's what God says about us. We are saved. We're innocent just by His grace. We, too, are members of God's family, sons of Abraham. Do you hear Jesus' invitation to you? We sang some songs before that reminded us that this is exactly what we need. There's a hymn we sang in in the traditional service today. It says, Today your mercy calls me to wash away my sins. God's mercy. That's what the invitation is. Jesus says, I just want to wash you clean. And the scriptures say, Today if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Don't turn away from him. Just listen to what he has to say and believe it. And what he has to say is you're forgiven. Not by anything you have done. There are no qualifications, no requirements that have to be met. Just acknowledge in repentance, this is what my need is. And trust my grace to forgive you fully, freely, and forever. We can compare our lives to Zacchaeus and see it's exactly the same. We need to do the exact same thing that happened here in this account. To get our sins out of the hiding of that tree and to put them into the light of God's forgiveness. And it doesn't matter what our background is because that has nothing to do with it. It's the background of Jesus that makes us acceptable to him. It was Jesus who is perfect. And God gives that perfection to us through faith in him. It was a an interesting event. It was a moment of change. But I'm not talking about that conversation with Zacchaeus. 
I'm talking about what would happen a few days later with another tree, this tree that Jesus would hang on on Calvary. There all Zacchaeus sins, all the sins of those people in Jericho, all of our sins were washed away. That's the change that Jesus brings to us. That's, that's the declaration he makes and wants us to know that our life is different now. Zacchaeus knew all about money and tax collecting and all that. He knew he had a debt. And like you and me, that debt now has been paid in full. There's no more payments required. There is no punishment that will be exacted. We have a new status. We're sons and daughters of God. So let's take a look at what is life like being saved. It's a change of eternal proportions. We can use the little phrase, we have gone from rags to riches. Now we all know what rags are, those worn out, torn, soiled, dirty pieces of clothing that we have around that we use to make even dirtier, to wipe up more stuff. And finally, what's, what's the future for all those things? One day we're just going to throw them away because they're worthless. Well, God says all of our righteous deeds in his sight are even worthless. Even all the good things that we do are worthless because without faith in Jesus, the goodness of Jesus is not applied to them. Rags, that's identification of poverty, the debt that we have to God. But did, you, did you remember what Jesus said about that? He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed? Blessed are the poor? How can that be? Because they recognize their sinfulness and the one way out of it, Jesus. And that's why he says, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Their life is changed from rags to riches. Now we have the status of being sons and daughters of Abraham, members, citizens of his kingdom forever. We are filled with and surrounded by the riches of God's grace. Listen to how Paul extols that in Ephesians 1. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Our life is changed right there in Jesus, rich with his grace, rich and enriched, because now, like Zacchaeus, our lives take on a new purpose. Zacchaeus said, I'm going to give half of my possessions to the poor. I'm going to pay back people four times what I ripped them off. He, he wasn't trying to wrong his rights. Only Jesus could do that. He was just trying to show my wrongs are gone. And I'm right with God. And I want to know, and I want other people to know that as well. You and I have got that same grace. Our lives have been enriched too. Now we can show that and share it with others. So I'll just leave you with this thought. You're looking for some change 
in your, in your life, some improvement, it's right there with Jesus. It's been changed to eternal proportions. And as you look at your life and see that change, recognize there are people all around us who need that same change. God has enriched us with his grace. Now, let's be eager. Let's seize the opportunities around us to show that same grace to others. There's a that commercial for, I think it's Capital One credit cards, that says, you know, what do you got in your wallet? The question for us today is, what do you got in your heart? It's Jesus and his grace. That's real life for real people living under a real God. Amen.